mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Gifts of Christmas. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, and verse 11. Here now, Pastor Moody. Well, I, I want to continue tonight uh, with the theme of Christmas. I, I started last week and preached on the place of Christmas, and I preached about Bethlehem. And tonight, I want to talk to you just for a little while about the gifts of Christmas and the idea of giving gifts has become something uh, uh, quite amazing, uh, especially in America, uh, the, the links that people go to with gift giving. But I want to talk to you about the gifts of Christmas on that first Christmas. The Bible said in Matthew chapter uh, 2 and verse 1, it said, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men, or magi, as we know they are, uh, from the east to Jerusalem, and saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And uh, the scripture goes on to say that uh, when Herod the king uh, heard of this, he began to question about where Jesus would be born, and they told him, in Bethlehem, and, and the Magi went there, and the scripture said in verse 11, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down, and watch this, they worshiped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. And I want to preach tonight about, talked about those gifts of Christmas, but the scripture said the gifts they gave him were gold and frankincense and myrrh. And uh, the Bible said that these wise men came to Jerusalem. And when they came, they said, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And they said, we've seen his star in the east. And they said, we have come to worship him. And uh, I want to tell you that the Bible sets us up to understand in prophecy Amen. But that there would be a day when there would be a star that would arise up over Bethlehem. In Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, uh, Balaam said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And so these magi, they came, the scripture said they were wise men. Albert Barnes in his commentary said the original word here is magi, which comes from our word magician, uh, which is now kind of used in a bad sense, but not so in the original time or the original writing. The persons here donated, uh, denoted were philosophers and priests. They were astronomers. They studied prophecies. They studied the stars. They, they looked for prophetic signs in the heavens. They were men chiefly from Persia, 
or and Arab and Arabia, and they were learned men of Eastern nations, and they were devoted to astronomy, to religion, to medicine, to kind of know what was going on in the world, and they were held in. Uh, such high esteem, I found out by the Persian court that they were admitted as counselors and oftentimes they would follow their soldiers to their camps in war and they would give spiritual advice to generals in war. Now, when we, when we understand this and we read this, that they came from the east, and it's not really known in particular if they came from Persia or Arabia, but it was thought to be that in that country. And I tell the church often, we sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, because of the three gifts. But actually, there were a troop of Magi, and we know that it, uh, it said they came from the east, and that would mean east of Judea, which had to be either Persia or Arabia. But the Bible said when they came into the house, they, they uh, fell down and they, they saw the young child and they worshiped him. Do you know the scripture said in Psalms that the kings will come and bring presents and the kings of Sheba and of Seba and they'll offer gifts and said they'll fall down before him. This was a prophecy of when Jesus would come and all nations will serve him. The scripture said in our text, when they opened their treasures, they present unto him gifts and these gifts were gold and frankincense and myrrh. They offered him incense because of his deity. Gold as they would give gifts to a king. And myrrh as united to a human body subject uh, to suffering and death or that you would anoint a body with after death. In Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And it says in verse 3 that Gentiles shall come to your light. And so this was partially fulfilled at that first coming. It will be completely fulfilled at the second coming. And kings will come to the brightness of thy shining. Amen. The scripture said in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 6 that, that uh, multitudes of camels shall come. Dromedaries of Medean shall come and of Ephah. And all they from Sheba shall come. And they shall bring gold and incense and show forth the praises of the Lord. Kings came, folks, literally these magi, they traveled for months to come, amen, to worship him then. And I believe there's coming a day when they'll worship Jesus again. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible said, Wherefore that, in verse number 9, that God has also exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Uh, amen, that every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things uh, under the earth, amen. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I read all of these scriptures to make you understand tonight that the purpose of the gifts of Christmas, the purpose that these magi came, the scripture said, I read it in your hearing, they came to worship him. They came to 
present gifts, amen, as they would be accustomed to giving to royalty in their own countries and in their own experience. I want to tell you that Jesus should always be exalted at Christmas time and around, amen, the calendar year. But especially at Christmas, we must not lose sight that the scripture said that unto us a child was born. Unto us a son was given. This is talking about Christ. Born in Bethlehem, the angels said to the shepherds out on the hillside that night, unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord or the Anointed One. When I begin to think about this, they came to worship him like you would worship a king. First of all, I'm talking about the gifts of Christmas. They brought gold for a king. The scripture talked about Solomon and what a great king he was and how wealthy he was. And God endued him. If you remember the story, the Bible said that God appeared unto Solomon and said, ask what you will and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked and said, I'm young and you've given me the responsibility. He succeeded David of being the king of this great nation. And he said, I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need understanding from the Lord. And the scripture said that God said to him, because you didn't ask for gold or wealth like most kings would have, I'll give you an abundance of gold and wealth. Because you didn't ask for military success, I'll give you military success as unheard of. And God, in other words, promised him, amen, that he was going to laden him with gifts and power. And the scripture said, in 1 Kings chapter 10, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train. This means a, a camel train or a caravan with camels that bear spices and listen, and very much gold. Not only that, but precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And literally that means that she came to this king bearing gifts that were befitting of a great king. She came bearing uh, gifts to him to, uh, so that she could he would understand that her heart was to get the understanding of God that he had. And so when these men came, they came to worship the king. They said, we've seen his star in the east. No doubt, they knew of the history of the past. They knew of the power of the great king David. And they knew of the wisdom of Solomon and how that God brought blessing. And they were expecting that God would raise up another great king in Israel who would in fact be the son of David. Amen. Remember Isaiah said that of the increase of his government and peace there would be no end. Amen. Upon the throne of David. Jeremiah said it like this in Jeremiah 23 and 5. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David. And he calls him here one of the messianic names, a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And in his days, 
Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Can I tell you that these magi knew these prophecies and they came expecting that the king would be raised up, sit on the throne, rescue Judah, Israel would be saved, the kingdom, the amen, the millennial kingdom would be set in order. And of course, you and I know there was this coming is in two stages. Jesus came then, born a king. He's coming back, folks, to this earth having been crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. I want to tell you that we need to recognize his authority. Amen. And who he is. I I thought about when Jesus was here, Nathaniel. Amen. Said unto him, when Jesus saw him under the fig tree, he said, Rabbi, you're the King of Israel. Hallelujah. Pilate asked him and said, Are you indeed a king then? And Jesus said, you say I am, and to this end was I born. I want to tell you that Christmas, amen, is a celebration of the king that came to save the world. And I want to tell you tonight, you might say, well, the world's in a mess, and the world's in an uproar. And you might be watching me tonight, and it could even be that your life is in disarray, and I've heard people say that, you know, that Christmas time for many is a lonely time. And they tell me that during the holidays, during the Christmas time, that, that many times the suicide rate increases. That doesn't sound like what Jesus came to do. And you might say, well, why are things gone so wrong? Could it be that we've forgotten that God sent a Savior that night, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes? And, and by the, can I tell you, by the time that, that the Magi found him, if you read the scripture as I read it in your ear, hearing tonight, when they came into the house, the Bible said they found the young child, not in the manger, but in the house where they were living. He was probably about two years old by the time that they found him. But when they came in, and no doubt the, 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 the place where they lived was meager, no doubt that when you to look at him, he came among the lowest. You wouldn't have thought, amen, that, that he was a king. But these men came realizing that God so loved the world that he gave his own son. He sent a savior to be born. And that that was the next great king, amen, not just of Israel, but of the world that they were coming to worship. I want to tell you tonight, your life may be a mess, but in the name of Jesus, who is Lord of all and who's the king of of heaven and eternity, he can come into your life tonight and my Lord, he can turn things around for you. Could we be like those wise men and say we've seen the light, we've heard the truth, we've heard the prophecy, and we know that he is born. And tonight, Lord, we've come to worship him. Hallelujah. We've come to bring our gifts, our gifts of repentance and faith and love and adoration. We've come to bow down before him and make him our savior, make him our Lord. Hallelujah. I I want to tell you tonight, I know this. I've come to a place in my life, amen, I've lived, amen, for over 40 years serving Christ. And I've learned that he is the answer. He is what you need tonight. I, I want to tell you, you might have been disappointed by church, but I'm not just talking about church, I'm talking about Jesus. You'll never be disappointed in him. You may have been disappointed in life, 
and, and in marriage or, or in your career or in your job or in uh, your financial situation. But you let this preacher tell you that what was, they came into that little house that night and they laid down gold and frankincense and myrrh and they said, we're going to make him our king. Amen. We're going to honor him as our Lord and we're going to accept his sacrifice for our salvation. If you can do that tonight, God can change your life. Amen. So they brought gold. They brought frank. The gold represented the fact that he was a king. They brought frankincense, which represented he was God. Frankincense was fragrant and, and very uh, aromatic when it was burned and was therefore used in worship where it was burned as a pleasant offering. You know, I remember uh, back when I was a, a young man and I'd gotten drafted and, and went into the military in the early 70s. Now, uh, some of you all will remember this and some of you won't. That was the, the day of the hippie movement, the flower children, they call it. We'd been invaded by the rock music from Europe, amen. And the country was changing uh, in its culture. And uh, I was in the army and, and uh, I'd... Uh, when I got stationed in my permanent duty station where things were a little bit more laxed, I, there would be guys in, the, in our barracks that would sometimes burn incense. And, and of course, I wasn't, you know, wasn't going to church, wasn't saved then. I didn't know what it was all about. It smelled good, and it was very fragrant. It would fill sometimes the entire barracks with the smell of incense. And I, I found out that they, that they burned incense because it kind of put them in, as they listened to that, that music, it kind of gave them some kind of an experience, I guess. And, and some of them did other things that uh, they shouldn't have been doing. But uh, I, I want to tell you that incense in its original thought was used in, in the scripture. The Bible said in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus in chapter 30 and uh, verse number 8, it said, when Aaron lighted the lamps at even, it said, he shall burn incense upon it. A perpetual incense before the Lord. Do you hear that? It's worship of God to burn incense. And he says, throughout your generations. And the Bible said in Leviticus chapter 16, when they would get ready to go into the Holy of Holies into the, to, to offer sacrifice upon the mercy seat. He said, he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten and small, and bring it within the veil. And then he would put that incense upon the fire before the Lord and, and in that Holy of Holies and the cloud of the incense would cover the mercy seat. Listen, you know, why? So God wouldn't smell the flesh of the man. And uh, he would also, it would be a fog that he couldn't see the flesh because in the Holy of Holies in worship, God's not looking for flesh. He's not wanting to smell flesh. The scripture said that he die not. God's purpose here was to come into my presence with this incense as a worship before holy God. So when they brought incense, amen, and laid it before that child, they were recognizing he was God. Hallelujah. They were recognizing he was deity. The scripture said in, in John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the world and the world was made by him and there wasn't anything made 
made except he made it. And it said it came to his own. And his own didn't receive him. Talking about Israel. But uh, listen, it said that flesh, that word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory. And as many as acknowledged that, he gave them power to become the sons of God. I, I want you to hear me, folks. Sin separated us from God. The sin of Adam, the sin of humanity. But Jesus came, born a king, born a savior, born, thank God, hallelujah, God in the flesh. And then the scripture said that uh, they brought myrrh and they laid it there. And, And when I started to think about this, Myrrh was used in burial. Myrrh was used as a, and it represented death. And, and I wonder how Mary must have felt when they laid down gold for a king, incense to worship God, but then myrrh that signified a death. Oh, you hear me. Jesus died a vicarious atoning death. What's that mean? It means he died in my place. He died in your place. He died to pay an atonement for the sins of all of humanity. In Exodus chapter 30 and verse number 22, the Bible said, Moreover, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take thou also the principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half as much, 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, and after the shekel of the sanctuary, and an oil, uh, olive, and hen, or a container of olive oil. And, uh, and he said, you'll make a holy oil, an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be, what's this? A holy anointing oil. And the priest would be anointed with that. And that anointing oil was used, amen, throughout the Old Testament in worship. But it signified, amen, that death was coming, amen, to pay for the sins of mankind. In John chapter 19, after Jesus had been crucified, the scripture said in verse number 38, that Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. And he came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And then it says in verse 39, amen, that there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. Now, if you remember him, Nicodemus is from John chapter 3. And he was a member of that Sanhedrin. And apparently he, when he met Jesus and Jesus spoke to him that night and said, you must be born again. He became a believer. He was saved. And he followed Christ. And he brought a mixture. He came and where they had taken the body of Jesus and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Listen, he brought enough to anoint that body of Jesus because he died for our sins. Folks, I want you to understand that Jesus was more than just somebody that started a holiday in his name. But Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one, the Savior. And so the gifts, the gold, gold for a king, frankincense representing his deity, and myrrh representative of the death that he would die for us. Oh, listen, the Bible said, for unto us a child was born, 
Unto us a son was given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Listen, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah went on to say, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. And the Lord sent a word into Israel. He sent a baby into Israel. The word made flesh. And it has lighted upon Israel. It has become the hope of the world. Jesus is the greatest gift. They brought gifts because God gave a gift. And you know, a gift's not really a gift until you give it away. And so God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And those of us who've received the gift of salvation, we want to offer it to you. We want to tell you that at Christmas time, the greatest giving season in the world, it all started with the fact that there was a baby that was laid in a manger who two years later was found by some men from the east who came to worship the king and to acknowledge him as God in the flesh and to bring gifts that would signify the fulfilling purpose of his life. And that purpose, friend, was to save me and to save you. If you don't know him tonight, will you surrender your heart to him? And said I- hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.